Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Well, howdy, 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 friends. We are back. Jamie Erker in the studio, producer, director of communications, Michael Pario, producer, helping us out behind the board. You're, you're listening to the Frontier Freedom Radio Hour, hosted by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Did you know that it is a strategic priority of Colorado Christian University to impact culture in support of traditional family values? That's right, a university committed to the idea that the, what the Bible teaches is true and that we need to abide by it, and not only in our own personal lives abide by it, but contend for it. Be out in the public square seeking to shape public policy to honor and glorify God because we believe in truth, and we believe in conserving the institutions that work. We're talking with Jonathan Keller, who's the president of the California Family Council. Uh, he has taken on Gloria Allred in the past. Here's a little frontier freedom wisdom for you. I'm a big fan of cowboy wisdom. This is from W.J. Vogel. Never get in a gunfight with seven men when you only have a six-shooter. You got to be smart about making Jamie laugh. <laughs> there we go. We're making Jamie laugh. <laughs> Jamie, expound on that wisdom. Well, you definitely don't want to be one bullet short. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't want to be one bullet short. A guy who got in a gunfight, not literally, but figuratively, a serious debate with Gloria Allred and won and came out. He, he is kind of like a Western figure now. He kind of has this aura about him. You know, we talk about him. He's kind of like, you know, the Billy the Kid, Wyatt Earp, Jonathan Keller from California Family Council. He goes by the name Jonathan Pretty Words Keller. Not given to him <laughs> by himself, but uh, by, uh, by Gloria Allred because she just couldn't deal with his logical arguments. Jonathan and I are talking about the Respect for Marriage Act today. The Respect for Marriage Act is at the U.S. Senate right now. It needs 60 votes to pass. Sounds great. We like marriage. We want to have a respect for marriage. It's only two pages long. It's not very uh, complicated. But, Jonathan, it has some serious problems. You've even signed on to a letter, which we're going to talk about some of the uh, – uh, we're going to talk with some of the letter's authors later on the program. But you're in opposition to this. Let's get into this bill and why it's wrong. So it, it tell us about some of the things that it does, Jonathan. Well, yes. So f first off, Jeff, I yeah, I want to say that it's it's always a pleasure to be on with you and your listeners. And this this law, you can read. There's been a lot written about it in the last several days. I, I need to say part of the thing that is so worrying about this is the speed with which they are trying to push it through. Um, you got to remember that a lot of these laws that were passed around the country were passed at the ballot box. They were passed by millions of voters who took months, if not years, to research the arguments, to carefully draft the legislation, and then to persuade their fellow citizens to vote across the country. I mean, by the time the Supreme Court decided to step in and upend thousands of years of both legal, social, and religious tradition, um, there were, I think it was 33 or 34 states around the country that had passed laws protecting marriage as between a man and a woman, in their state constitutions or in their state statutes. There were only, Jeff, I think it, I think the number is four or five states that passed gay marriage by a popular referendum of the people. So at the time, this was overwhelmingly in favor of uh, 
biblical, traditional, historical, biological marriage between one man and one woman. And yet, this law that you're talking about, part of the reason why they're able to sneak in some of these very dangerous provisions is the fact that they just introduced this bill for the first time, I think it was last week, and they they rammed it through and did an incredibly fast vote. Um, and that's, I think, why they were able to get Republicans. I mean, frankly, I think they were able to dupe a lot of otherwise good Republicans into voting for this, Jeff. You mentioned 47 Republicans, including including people we would normally consider to be conservatives who are stalwart. They're with us on uh, pro-life issues. They're even with us on religious liberty issues in some cases. But because they were able to ram this through so quickly, uh, groups like California Family Council and our allies around the country, uh, groups like our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom and Family Research Council, uh, we, we basically have no time to even rally the troops and really whip votes in opposition to this. And I think as this comes out more and you, you hear exactly what this bill is doing, I really hope that the senators in uh, the U.S. Senate, especially those that consider themselves to be conservatives, and, and look, I, I realize not all Republicans in the Senate are conservatives. You have people like Lisa Murkowski in Alaska. You have Susan Collins in Maine. But I think it's very clear that anybody who cares about religious freedom, they care about the rights of the minority, they care about uh, pastors and churches and, and groups like Colorado Christian University, people that are working to educate the next generation, they should all be protected, and that is not what this bill does. Um, as, as we mentioned, basically what it does is that in addition to basically requiring every single state to recognize other states' definition of marriage, it doesn't just sex marriage. This bill is so broadly written, similar to what we saw in Virginia last year, it's so broadly written that if one state decides they want to legalize polygamy, well, this would require every state in the nation to recognize polygamy. I mean, Jeff, think about that from not just the moral perspective, Think about that from just the practical perspective of uh, children and child custody issues and spousal benefits, and you're really opening up Pandora's box just on that one issue alone. You're exactly right, uh, John. We're talking with Jonathan Keller, who's the president of the California Family Council. With regards to polygamy and opening up all this, I was talking to a reporter recently, and I just asked her back, what's your definition of marriage? And, and they don't really have one. The other side doesn't. They, they, well, they'll say two people, and I'll say, okay, well, why? Why two people? You're writing into this federal law. This is your definition. Explain to me why you're willing to put your pencil down on that exact definition. And they, they don't have an answer. And ultimately what we're dealing with, and there's a great book out there. I strongly recommend you check it out. It's by Robert George Sharif, by um, uh, Ryan Anderson, and it, and it is titled, What is Marriage? So there's this great movie out right now called What is a Woman? You have Matt Walsh wandering around, and he's just asking both the leftist intelligentsia as well as grassroots leaders, what is a woman? And no one can define it. Yet we're writing into law all of these definitions and issues around transgenderism. They can't tell us what a woman is. It's the exact same thing with marriage. 
They want to define it at the federal level, and this bill will get rid of the Defense of Marriage Act, which has a clear definition. If you go read that, that's two pages, too. It's not very long. Defense of Marriage Act defines marriage as between one man and one woman. This bill does not have a clear definition of it. They can't really tell you what marriage is. They are not going to tell us why it needs to remain two people, uh, because if and we have a rise in polyamorous relationships right now throughout this country. And so are you a bigot? Are you hateful for saying, no, it needs to remain two people, but what about three people that want to love each other? We're not even having these conversations. If you look at the press, it, there's no media talking about this. There's no panel debates. I haven't seen Jonathan Keller put on a debate on this yet. Uh, go ahead, Jamie. You know, and that's something I've been thinking about also. It shows that in our society, because we've moved so far away from an actual concrete truth, we have absolutely no basis. I mean, decades from now, how will people be looking back on our legislation? We'll be like, we didn't even know how to define what a woman is. And we're trying to legislate what marriage is when we can't even define what one component of a marriage potentially is. I, if you have no basis in truth, it shows, I mean, with the Defense of Marriage Act, which was passed in the late 90s, it's been such a quick change in our society. And I, I think that's really startling to move away from what is well-known, well-accepted truth to we really don't know what any of this means. And we're going to go ahead and put it on the books. Well, and it's important for people to understand that, you know, the, the discussions we're having about transgenderism right now, 60 plus genders, pick and choose your gender today or tomorrow. It doesn't really matter. You, you conservatives are pretty much committed each other to taking on those issues and kind of the craziness around those issues. But this is all goes back to the fact that we took gender out of marriage through Obergefell and some of the other uh, gay marriage laws prior to that. It's LGBTQAI. It's, it's all part of the same movement to get gender to either be crazy relevant or unrelevant or irrelevant. We don't know. I mean, it, it's the whole society is kind of confused about this. And not only are we just kind of sitting in our confusion, we're writing federal laws. They're going to deal with some of the religious freedom issues. Jonathan, we've got about a minute here, and then we'll, we'll carry over to the next segment. But what are some of the religious freedom challenges around this? Well, essentially, I think it would really begin to put in jeopardy a lot of individual practitioners. Again, I mean, we, we've seen some of these isolated cases so far, like Jack Phillips, like Baronel Stutzman, like Lori Smith, like Aaron and Melissa Klein. Um, but I think, Jeff, if this happens, you're going to see an emboldening of more and more um, persecution of people of faith. And, and look, I, I, I want to be careful using that word persecution. Look, I, I realize that compared to the rest of the country, we are very blessed in America. We have incredible freedoms. And we, we're not being thrown to the lions. We're not being thrown in jail uh, like in China or Saudi Arabia or Iran. But at the same time, we're also seeing a bill cracking down on even the ability to speak, even the ability to freely practice your faith. I mean, again, right there in your backyard, Lori Smith, she's being threatened with fines and possibly even jail time if she does not use her website business to create and celebrate wedding websites for same-sex relationships. And I, I just cannot believe that any one of these so-called conservatives in either the Senate or the House, if they really stepped back and looked at this, 
this is not a conservative value. It's not a family value to force people to celebrate. We're talking, we're talking here with Jonathan Keller, president of California Family Council. We'll be right back on the Frontier Freedom Radio Hour. 